Welcome to the Main Game Experience with Brandy and Paige. Alright. Okay. Um, Mitchell, Indiana. It's three hours away from us. And the house is for sale for $130,000. If somebody wants to buy it, I would like to stay in the room for free. At least just once. Just, just one time. Okay, to the Whispers Estate. In, in 1899, Dr. John and Jesse Gibbons purchased Whispers Estate from the original owners, Dr. George and Sarah White. Um, the couple reportedly adopted abandoned or or orphaned children. Um, a family was riding their carriage past the Gibbons' home one day in the early 1900s and had an accident. The father died instantly and the mother died a few days later. And so the Gibbons adopted the children even though there was no like records to show that they legally had um, one of these children was a 10-year-old girl named Rachel. It's been said that Rachel started a fire in the front parlor around Christmas time in 1912. She was trying to take a peek at the Christmas presents under the tree and knocked a candle over and thus set the room on fire. She was badly burned and died two days later. It's speculated that Dr. John administered an overdose of morphine to her because he viewed her as damaged goods and didn't want her ruining his reputation. Another daughter, a 10-month-old infant named Elizabeth, died in the master bedroom of unknown causes. Um, his wife, Jessie, died in that same bedroom in 1933 after a bout with double pneumonia. Dr. John was a prominent doctor in town. Um, his office was the in the rooms of the first floor. Um, given the time and the medical practices of the time, it highly likely that many patients died there during his 26 years of practice. Helen, the only adopted daughter that was actually legally documented, tried to have him committed into an insane asylum. Um, it's said that he was a pervert and inappropriately touched some of his patients. He was also known to perform grush, grush, was also known to perform gruesome abortions on some of his patients. Um, some believe that there are four graves in the backyard along with a pit grave containing amputated limbs, like what Dustin's about to have, <coughs> internal organs, abortive fetuses, and who knows what else. He died in 1944 and the house was given to Helen, who pretty much sold it straight away because she didn't want any ties to the house. I wonder why. Probably because of who her dad was. She did try to have him psychopath put in a psych ward. Oh, see, I didn't know that. She said it. I literally just said it. Did you? Yes, I did. Are you deaf? I'm distracted, okay? <laughs> He's being weird. He is. There oh, he did say it. I remember. <laughs> There were a few other occupants who lived afterwards in the house who also died. A man in the 1950s... <laughs> yes, in the 1950s died in the upstairs bathroom and wasn't found for three days. So his body literally just rotted. I'm going to just envision that he just died on the fucking toilet. And oh, he I was thought there you were going for to envision like the flies surrounding him and like... On the toilet. Just... <laughs> for three days. When a man just, dies, his You do know dies. they say that, you know, 
The penis gets hard when the man dies and stays hard. I was not going to say that, but yeah. most heart attacks happen on the toilet. Dang. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more imagining dudes on the toilet and they got to break. They actually, morticians have to break a man's penis after they die because it goes stiff. This is legit. Look it up. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's, it's a thing. I know that's a thing. But, I mean, I don't know that they break them. Yeah. How else are they going to make it? They're going to have the fucking coffin just poking up. No, it's not. There's plenty of room in a coffin. <laughs> All right, carry on. We're getting distracted. Okay. Raise the mast. It's also said that a young it's special needs... Dustin, please. It's also said that a young special needs boy by the name of Gary died in the home. Gary's family was renting the second floor. Um, some say he died from falling down the stairs, while other stories suggest his shunt malfunction, which apparently you said was like in, it's in your brain. It's a braid thing. Yeah, it's uh, um, it it pulls fluid from the braid. Oh, I always thought it was like a heart thing. I don't know. It's a stent. I was probably thinking of a pacemaker or a stent. But then again, why would a little boy have a pacemaker? Actually, there's quite a few little heart boys that have had it. Stuff. Yeah. The family moved out, and his father, Virgil, came back to get some items from the closet and promptly died from a fatal heart attack. Like, so I'm going to assume that happened probably within a day of the boy dying. Like, they moved out, and then, yeah. That sucks. Really? That's some bad fucking luck. Bad juju. Or styles. Or heartbreak. <laughs> In 2006, the house was sold to the current owners, who are selling it. Somebody needs to buy it so I can stay there just one night. I just like, did you get on and, like, verify that it's for sale? It is literally on there. It says, and there's articles saying the haunted house in Mitchell, Indiana is for sale. I wonder if there's photos. Probably. I think there's some videos, too. We should check that out after this. We will. Okay. Well, not not tonight. Yeah, probably not tonight. Tomorrow. 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 Or Monday. We'll figure it out. Or Tuesday. Um... Anyways, in 2006, the house sold to the current owners, who gave it its name after guests repeatedly reported hearing voices whispering in their ears, so hence, Whispers Estate. Um, Alright, now we're moving on to what people say are haunted, or what they have experienced. Okay, in the parlor, which is where Rachel set the fire. Um, Dolls on the piano usually bring about bad luck in threes if touched. I cut... Okay, guests claim to be scratched, pushed, and bitten. Um, there is a mirror in the room that guests claim to see strange things in. The chandelier in the room has been known to shake violently. The piano has played twice on its own, and full-bodied human and non-human apparitions have been seen. Dr. John's... I just really, really want to say Dr. John Watson's... Sherlock John Holmes. Watson from Sherlock Holmes... Never seen it. Mr. Watson. I've meant to. I just <laughs> haven't got around to it. Dr. John's waiting room, which is also called Big Black's room. A big black shadow has been seen. Light anomalies have been seen. And women have claimed to be touched inappropriately. In his examination room, women have claimed to be touched inappropriately in a violent... <laughs> a candle was violently thrown across the room. Vintage crutches have moved on their own. Guests claim to feel nauseous, taste blood in their mouth, and get migraine headaches. Um, in Jesse's room, the wife's room, the scent of rotting flesh and baby powder have been smelled. Doors open on its own. 
An entity named Gary supposedly stays in the closet in this room. Toy cars in the closet have moved on their own. The door to closet. <laughs> the door to the closet opens on its own and guests have claimed to be touched. In Rachel's room. Beach balls on the bed have moved on their own. Two dolls on the bed that make sounds operate on their own without anyone touching them. And I'm just wondering how the batteries are still good. This happened in the 1900s. It is now 2020. So how are the batteries still good? Okay, listen. Is it like a Furby Give thing? Give me a history lesson here. But did batteries exist back then? Then like, how did it operate on its own? Like, I just don't is it feel like, a like in the 1900s... I mean, we're talking 1950, right? 1940s? I'm sure Ra they had batteries then. I'm thinking Ra like 1900s. Like well, Rachel died in 1912. Okay, so and these are Rachel's toys? Yeah. Did they have batteries in 1912? I don't know. <laughs> batteries came out in the 1800s. So in yes. the 1800s? Holy shit. <clears throat> By an Italian physicist of Alzheimer Vault in Okay, the so if they had batteries, how... Are they still operating? Because to go with the, you know, authenticity of it, the batteries could not have been replaced. Because otherwise, it's just, oh, you're, there's a malfunction in it, so you just replace the batteries. Like, toys, when they get wet, and they'll just... And I mean, second of all, who keeps old toys like that? It's creepy. Apparently, this place Collectors. has creepy, like, clown dolls, too. Oh, hell no. Pillows on the bed get tied together by their strings. Strings from the pillows on the bed can be found pulled off of the pillows and spread around the floor. And doll hair from a doll on the bed can also be found spread around the floor. In the nursery, a sconce sconce? Sconce. The light thing that hangs on the wall. On the wall has fallen to the floor without anyone touching it or having moved in the room. A nine-year-old girl was scratched on a tour of the home in this room. A man was pulled down the stairs in this room, causing him to need nine stitches. A mother and a daughter were t coming down the steps during a tour, and the woman was lifted up and over her daughter and thrown down the stairs. So whatever the fuck's in this nursery is mad. I would say so. Very mad. A rocking chair in this room has moved on its own. Most likely the doll batteries were double A's because double A batteries came out in 1907. Okay, we've already moved past that. Oh, well, I'm still on it. <laughs> okay. In the second floor hallway, unusual sounds and feelings have been claimed by guests who sit there. Um, footsteps can be heard coming up the front staircase, and guests have claimed to be pushed. Um, in the servants' quarters or Virgil's closet, a girl was, so this is the closet that the dad died in with the heart attack. He went to get the stuff from it. This is where he died. Um, a girl was choked in this closet. Mm -hmm. um, a large horned entity has been seen in this closet. Ooh, a staff member was locked in the closet and the door locks from the outside. So somebody locked him in. Um... And guests have claimed to be attacked or pushed in the servants' quarters. In the seance room in the attic, there's they ha they have a seance room in 
the attic. Well, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> An EVP was captured of a man saying, get out. And a pair of eyes were seen in the dark. That's enough to make me piss my pants. Not the horned entity in the closet? The devil's my best friend. What can I say? <laughs> okay. The attic has three rooms. Okay. The red room in the attic, nightmare and night terrors have occurred to guests who sleep there. Who the fuck sleeps in an attic? People trying to capture spirits, I guess. Dumb Is it people. really an attic if you have a bedroom up there? Yeah. What makes, what makes an attic an attic? It's the very top of the house. But that would be like saying you're upstairs. Is the attic. No, we have an attic. Okay, but an attic is like storage and tiny little space. It's not bedroom big. A lot of attics back then were. Oh. I don't know houses from back then. Everything about a mom and dad's house was an attic. It wasn't an upstairs. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was converted. I don't know. I don't ask those questions. Okay, the riddle room. No, no. The, the middle room. The middle. The middle room. No, that's the riddle room. <laughs> We're just going to call it the riddle room. The, it's called the, the room of riddles. It is now the riddle room. The the room which kind of works anyways. Demonic voices have been heard here. Mm. So we finally found Batman's arch rifles in the room. And a pair of eyes have been seen in the dark here also. Maybe it's the same pair of eyes. It's possible. And in the basement, guests have claimed to be touched and a dark entity has been seen across from the chimney stack. So this house is just all around fucked. It's probably and all those severed Do they still give shit. tours? Or the, or yeah, the it is really it. expensive. It's like 400 some dollars for a night. Well, bitch, I don't want to stay the night. <laughs> I just want to walk through and see if I get scratched. I, I know they're still doing tours. I, I think they were like 75 to 100. But with COVID changing freaking everything, I don't know if it's, like, some of them that I've looked at, they're only offering, like, you can go in for, like, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and that, that's all you get. Like, 10 minutes. Yes, you might give a ghost COVID. Make sure you wear your mask. Yeah, well, yeah, wear your mask, because that's what they're going to require anyways. Maybe the ghost will leave you alone if you breathe on it. <laughs> Maybe. All uh-huh. right. Mm-hmm. So then, is it finally my turn? After yeah, it's finally the your turn. million takes we've done. Yes. And okay. No children interrupting. Yes. <laughs> Ava tried coming. Oh, oh Jesus! <laughs> that was the ghost. Oh. <laughs> that was about to lose my foot. Because <laughs> the thingy came down. Okay, so mine. Like I have the factual what. All right, Brandon, that ain't gonna happen. No. Okay. So, I actually did some research online. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) But on the same website I was on, um, this guy had a book wrote for him while he was doing a stint in prison. I will murder you. And then there will be a story about me. Watch yourself. (laughs) Okay, so, um, this is the part where 
Um, some of it's going to have inserts from his book, which I'm going to assume is slightly embellished because, you know, it's a, it's a book. But it's detailed, which makes it better. I have absolutely no clue what this story is and what you chose. Yeah, well, None. keep in mind that I'm a sick-minded individual, so yeah, I know you I wanted a good one. You wanted the gruesome, gory ones. Okay, so this is a, I believe, Japanese man. Is it the cannibal? It is a cannibal. Is it yes. the cannibal? Hmm? Is it the cannibal? Who's the cannibal? The cannibal that got um, famous from being a cannibal sure in Paris. Sure is. Okay, so yes, he was born in Japan. He had wealthy parents, and he did, in fact, and, and attend a university in Paris. So this starts off by saying that Sag Sagawa, S-A-G-A-W-A. -A. I think that's how I pronounce it, too, Sagawa. Because I told you about him when we was first mes messaging. I was like, mm. there is a cannibal from Japan that was famous for being a cannibal. Yes, but I mean, all the details of this, bro, the details... So let's get into it. So he was a short man. He was just under five feet tall. His hands and feet were small, and even his voice was more that, more, like, was more girly than manly. Um, he had mentioned in interviews he wasn't the kind of man most women would find attractive, which I get. You know, I like my men tall. With a deeper voice? Yeah. Oh, does yeah. Doesn't <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> um, anyway... He s summarized that being acutely self-conscious of his shortcomings might have fueled his obsession with the perfect woman. Okay, so in the book Cannibal Killers, which I have somewhere was wrote by somebody. We'll get to it. Um, he was described as a brilliant Japanese student obsessed over tall women with... Um, uh, yeah, I'm brain farting on how to pronounce that word. Uh... Um. Move past it. Okay. <laughs> I don't even see where you're pointing at. Like, um, occidental. I don't feel like that's the right word. I think it's like oriental. Because like he was into like Dutch and German and so, yeah, like um, uh, I think exotic. The, yeah, I think like I think woman. they used the wrong word in in my in one of what I was doing. So anyway, eventually fantasy wasn't enough. So while studying for his degree in English literature in Tokyo, uh, he became attracted to a German woman who was teaching him the language. Uh, one summer, he crawled through her window of her apartment, uh, intent on killing her. To his delight, she was asleep. Um, she was hardly wearing anything at all. So like he looked around the apartment to find something to knock her out with. <laughs> or stab her, because, you know, he was intent on killing her. So why didn't he bring a weapon then? Because he didn't he didn't plan this, really, from what I've gathered. Because later it, like, talks about how um, he knew that his next victim, he had to be more prepared. So. But I'm just saying, if he went into the, crawled through the window with the intent of killing killing her most serial you killers would bring something with you most yeah. killers and serial but you killers know what he found? of the moment yeah you know what he found what an umbrella it, but she woke up before he could do anything so she screamed and he ran what was he gonna do with the umbrella put it over her and be like there's no rain on you today <laughs> not tonight i have no idea 
I'm sorry. Um, it's rainy outside. I was just, I was just trying. I broke in here to find well, a bail and time and era. It could have had a metal spike at the end of it. That's true. Um, I think it was like the 1980s. It would have had a metal spike on the end of it. 90s. The way it. Did but I not still, give a date already? Yeah. Oh. I'm seeing. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get to okay. the date. It's like 1981. So anyway, so that fueled his desire. He knew that he needed to plan more effectively. Uh, so he, he began to look for his next victim. Um, it wasn't until he went to Paris a few years later that he found the woman he couldn't get off his mind, who sadly happened to be, um, her name was Renee. Where, where did I write down her name? Yeah, Renee. I didn't write down her last name because I couldn't pronounce it. That's what I do. <laughs> um, so while studying at an, institu uh, an institute in Paris in 1981, he spotted another tall, beautiful Northern European woman, Renee. Um, he says when he sat next to her in class, he instantly fell in love and couldn't stop thinking about the white skin of her arms. He knew he had to be ready. So it's like, well, I know at one point in time in history, like white skin was like a sign of like your status because if you had pale skin then that meant that you were in sight all day so you didn't have to go out and work like in the field and stuff so it was like a status symbol oh, so yeah. was he like obsessed with her because she was pale or I just I don't know like I just <laughs> gathered the feeling that he liked foreign women well I guess yeah that would be foreign to him um, so anyway, Renee was 25, <coughs> blonde and independent. She spoke three languages and had a bright future. Uh, she was aiming to get a PhD in French literature. He asked her to teach him German, and since his father was quite wealthy, he told her he could pay her well. Who wouldn't accept that? Yeah, I don't want that money. Right? But here's where, you know, it would get weird for me. Uh, he wrote her love letters and invited her to concerts and exhibits, uh, he was small and fem feminine. Fem. Anonymity. Feminine. <laughs> feminine. Feminine. Uh, he walked with a limp, yet she often went with him and invited him to her apartment for tea. Um, they had danced together, which allowed him to have a more physical. Right, because he got to touch her. Yeah. Um, let's see here. He claimed that he loved them and wanted to p possess them and destroy them. Sorry, sweetie. That ain't love. Never yeah. love if someone wants to possess you. Yeah. Okay, so one day he invited Renee over to his apartment for dinner. He asked her to read a poem by his favorite German expressionist. I'm assuming that's, like, just a, a poem writer. I mean. Yeah. Uh, which she did. Uh, after she left, he smelled and licked where she had been sitting. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Um, and he right. vowed he would eat her. What the f Yeah. Why? Because that would allow him to possess her forever. Do you have, like, a book of recipes of how to make <laughs> A what? A book of recipes of how to make human people. Like... Like on an episode of Criminal Minds where he had a book of recipes? Oh, oh. This this gets better. Okay, so upon upon arriving in Paris, he had purchased a twenty two caliber 
rifle for protection. Now, I'm not a gun expert, but when I think of a rifle, I'm thinking of, like, a big gun, right? Yeah. That's what I would think. Like a like shooting, a sling over hunting your rifle? I mean, they, you got compacted rifles and shit like that. This is 1980. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, I'm not a gun person. I don't know. Um, so he had it ready for when she arrived. He seated her on the floor, Japanese style, to drink tea. Uh, in her drink, he added whiskey to make her more compliant. Mm, yeah, let's mm. get her drunk first. Uh, they talked while he <laughs> waited for the whiskey to take effect. He told her he loved her and wanted to take her to bed. Okay. She resisted him, uh, like any sane person would. She found him engaging, but not sexually attractive. So basically, friend zone. Right. Straight up friend zone. Okay. But you just friend zoned a psychopath. Yeah, that might be Without a knowing it. <laughs> might be. So. Oh. Titty bit she, of a problem. Yeah, she only wanted to be his friend. He nodded. Got up. He went to go get the book of poetry that he wanted. Um, he wanted it to be recorded. Let me. I'm double checking something. So what? He could have a, like an everlasting memento of her voice yeah so I must have just forgot to write it down but he, he wanted to record it um oh I skipped over a whole thing but yeah so he had asked her if he could record it of her reading it um so this happened on June 11th of 1981 um and she came over for dinner he sat her down and you know all that stuff happened so she sat in the chair he handed her the poem and then he started recording while she read the poem in her native language he came up behind her with the rifle and shot her in the back of the neck um so you know naturally she fell out of the chair and he noticed the amount of blood that was coming out of her you know wound and, 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 no, and, did he just think it was going to, like, paper cut? Like, like you, you just shot somebody in the neck. With a rifle. At close range. Yeah. So, he, he, he prepared, but he didn't prepare. Um, <laughs> so, at first he tried to clean it up, but then he gave up. You know. And then he undressed her, finding it difficult to remove clothes from a corpse. Because, you know. Dead weight. mortis. <laughs> Dead weight. And, well, I don't even know how long rigor mortis takes to set in, but, it, yeah. It takes a few weight. hours, so probably just dead weight because it's just, like, a toddler just dropping. You know, like, when Which they don't want totally picked up, fine. they just totally, like, yeah. fall to the floor and you can't move them. And you're just like, okay, fine, they're just, just lay there and, you know, whatever. Do their and thing. Uh, so this is where it gets pretty disturbing for me, so... You know, he's pleased that she can no longer refuse his advances. Uh, in his eyes, she belonged to him. Right. Um, so he got a knife. He cut off the tip of her left breast and a piece of her nose, which he then consumed. He didn't even cook it? Uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's not, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's not the point here. But Excuse me? <laughs> he didn't even cook it first. He just ate raw meat. No. That's how you turn okay. into a Wendigo. Yeah. Straight up, curse your soul, you will forever be eating flesh. Well, then he is going to do some major things that is going to disgust you. So, um, this part actually came out of his book, 
that was wrote, um, it's called Into the Fog, and it's by Inuko Yomata? Inuko Yomata? Inuhika? Hiko. Yomata? Yomata. 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 He said he touched her hip and wondered where he should bite first. He he chose her right buttock, but found it difficult to bite into. (laughs) And then randomly realized he had a headache. Probably Uh, from consuming, you know, raw human and the stress and adrenaline from, you know, mm -hmm. killing somebody, maybe? Yeah, by earlier research, before I got to this, he had actually told police that he had faded because of the shock of the shooting her. Um... But yeah, so um, let's see. He went on to describe the appearance of her fat and muscle and the taste of it. This, as fat oozed out of one of her stab wounds, he said it had the consistency and appearance of yellow corn. Now, before we get into that, I have watched Dr. Pimple Popper. Okay, I've seen them remove fat, and it looks more like chicken breast to me rather than yellow corn. Um, so, I mean... I just always assumed it looked like lard. Then again, those are lipomas, so, I mean, it might not just be, like, fat. I just assumed it was the same thing. What? Lard? Yeah. I'm, I, I no. don't know, man. I don't know. I know. <laughs> anyway, uh, then he smelled it and found it had no odor. <laughs> so cutting deeper to find the flesh, which I thought was skin, so that has me a little confused. Um, he placed a chunk in his mouth. It melted in my mouth like raw tuna at a sushi restaurant. So he went for muscle. I'm assuming because I mean flesh is your skin. And then under that is fat and muscle. Yeah. So I I don't know. I wouldn't assume that it would melt in your mouth like a freaking... Like Tuda? I mean, I already hate Tuda. I eat Tuda, but I hate Tuda. But... And, like, now that has an image in my head, and I don't like it. I don't. Um, but then he got serious. Okay? Okay. And he got out an electric carving knife and and began to cut her into parts. He laid out strips of her flesh to store for later and nibbled on a few pieces raw. <coughs> he made a quick meal of fried human flesh with mustard. <laughs> he then took photographs of the mutilated body and had sex with it. After he cut it? Mm-hmm. So he basically made himself a living but dead pocket pussy. Yeah. Um, I can't. When he finally fell exhausted, he took what was left of the corpse into his bed. So, like, I'm thinking, you know, she's still got to be bleeding. And you're putting this in your bed. There's got to be whatever. Yeah. And he went to sleep with it. Uh, He knew in the morning he would have to get rid of the evidence. um, But the next day, he found out the body didn't smell yet. Uh, He continued to try parts of it, in particular the arm that he had fantasized about, 
The one um, that he was obsessed with. Yeah. When he okay. Um, he chewed on it all the way from the underarm to the elbow. Uh, so mm-hmm. he basically ate it like corn on the cob. Uh, that's the image I got. Yeah. Okay. Um, he was curious about a few other body parts. Oh, I'm sure he was. <laughs> you want to take a guess? Her breast and her vagina. Mm, no. No? That seemed more repulsive. Her oh, ass? Yeah. What? So, uh, cutting out the anus. Oh, my God. He put it in his mouth. <clears throat> but the smell of her... <laughs> <laughs> The smell overpowered him, and he spit it out. So then he tried frying it, but that didn't dismiss Can it. Can you imagine uh, no. what his kitchen smelled like? I, burning shit. Oh. Like, yeah. Okay, so then Fly started swarming the body, so he used a hatchet to chop her into pieces. Uh, so like, even would, further into pieces? <coughs> mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know if he was, like, cutting her off. Because he was trying to put her into some suitcases that he had bought. I don't know what size of suitcases. Probably just a standard size. So I right, would think. So, he was just gonna... Mm-hmm. This story gets more confusing for me as we go. Uh, so, even as he dismembered her, he grew excited. He used her hand to masturbate. <laughs> He removed her lip and set it aside so that he could keep it for later pleasure. Oh, my God. Right? Imagine what he was going to do with those. Yeah. Um, Why? So then his final curiosity was her internal organs, uh, which stung his hands with digestive acid. What we got here is a bonafide zombie. Yeah. Pretty much. Um... So then he cut off her head. So by the time he was finished packing her into the suitcases, it was midnight of the second day he had had her. He called a cab. And this was in what? Ju- July? Is that what you said? June, July? Um, yeah. June 11th. In Paris. Yeah. So it would probably be pretty warm in Idaho. I mean, I don't know when ACs came out. Way before 1980. Yeah. They just weren't the best. We don't have our Googler here with with us anymore. Yeah. Um, but, so I'm kind of going to skip ahead because he called the cab, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and here in a little bit, you'll hear me describe that the, um, the suitcases were bloody. Right? Well, I I assume so. Yeah. So, why didn't the cab driver realize? Probably just wasn't paying attention. Because, I mean, I don't because I don't know I, the history of cabs, but from would, everything I've seen, they usually load up the luggage for... Not always, though. Not always? Sometimes. Especially if he only had, like, a couple, and then he just put it in the back seat with them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how many suitcases there ended up being. No, because then he'd just be holding it, open the door, and step in and have the suitcase with him. Because I'm going to yeah, assume... Yeah, and I don't know if he put them in the trunk or in the back. I'm going to assume with as precious as he thought it was, he probably wasn't just going to put it in the trunk for it to get, you know... Moved around. Yeah. Well, funny that you say that he thought it was precious. So, um, arriving at the park, he lugged the suitcases um, into the park... 
intending to shove them into the pond. So, and he had a difficult time with how heavy they were. And then he spotted some people were watching him. So he got spooked and just left. Did, did he just leave the... Yeah, he just left the suitcases. And just... And just took off. Um, Boy, you've already been seen. Right? And, um, I mean, it's not like he would be that hard to identify. Well, funny that you should say that. <laughs> it actually took them a couple days. Because I'm assuming they didn't actually see his face. Um, because... What happened is the people who spotted him came walking up and, oh, and this is, of course, you know, in the book, which, you know, it's got to be based off some realness. And I mean, somebody had to walk up to the fucking suitcases to, you know, so I'm not completely discounting it, but they came closer and noticed a female hand protruding from one of the bloodstained suitcases. Um, so naturally they called the police. Right. Police opened the suitcases, found the remains, and began the task of tracing the bags back to the purchaser. Right. So, he got a few days of fantasy time with his shit while the cops were tracing back who it was. Um, so, he returned to his apartment to enjoy the pieces of Renee he had put in the fridge. When the police arrived at his apartment two days after the murder... With a search warrant, he let them in. Um, They opened the fridge and found pieces of a female body inside, including the lips. So he really didn't even try to cover it up or hide. Yeah, which is why it's like, why did you why did you run if you were just going to give yourself up? Uh, He freely confessed to what he had done, adding he had a history of mental illness. In fact, his descriptions were so detailed and. Uh, conveying interest in sexual matters that a judge decided he wasn't competent to stand trial. He was clearly delusional. I'll I'll give him that part. He was definitely definitely something. Um, So he received a sentence of incarceration for an indefinite period at a mental institute and three psychiatrists who evaluated him said he'd never be cured funny because we all know he ended up getting out and being free and becoming famous yeah because they Um, sent him back to uh japan yeah they sent him back to japan due to a illegal technicality uh no it was more his father eventually worked out a deal in 1984 to have him transferred to a psychiatric hospital in japan um doesn't give like from what I have here, it says the the superintendent there believed he was sane and ought to be in prison. Um, and then it just says he, he remained there for 15 months before he, he was granted his freedom. And there's a time problem here because, like, it says August of 1985, but my other research, I think, said 86. But I'm going back to that because it says... Um, it says the publicity of the book Into the Fog was likely contributed to the French authorities' decision to have him extradited to Japan. Upon arrival in Japan, he was immediately taken to a hospital where examining psychologists all found him to be in to be sane but evil. And then, however, Japanese authorities found it to be legally impossible to hold him because they lacked certain important papers from the French court. And then, as a result, 
He checked himself out of the Mental Institute on August 12th, 1986, and has been a free man since. I I know he he rode the coattails of being free and a celebrity for a while, like did interviews and shit like that. And then I, I think if he's the one I'm thinking of, he ended up, he's pretty much, somebody has to take care of him now. Oh, I didn't, I didn't go too much into what he, what he did now. I just know that he, he now lives in Tokyo, minor celebrity in Japan. He was often invited as a guest speaker and commentator. And then they say he starred in some Japanese pornos, but I'm not going to fact check that. (laughs) Why not? You don't want to, you don't want to look at that? No. (laughs) Not even a little bit. Oh, what the fuck. So this one hit my gore sense. But on the bright side, I've already got the next one. I I think I know which one I'm doing next. So I already got that one. It won't be in Indiana. Okay. It won't be three hours away from us. We'd have to do some traveling. I'm alright with traveling. Yeah, I have no idea what I'm going to do next. Not try to do it with five kids running around. This is also true. Well, that's that's all we got for you this week. Check in next week to see how dumb we are. Okay, bye. <laughs>